0: the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show.
1: It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401 392 1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever. Guaranteed. Call lawn doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025 it's john DePetro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at the website com. well yesterday i uh we carried it and i attended the governor mckee it was the final covid briefing we've been going to the veterans auditorium well a year ago we started a little over a year ago actually we started going there It was governor Amundo, but now it is uh the final now is governor mckee and if you heard it um you know they're encouraging people now to hire illegal aliens um, whatever word you want to use undocumented illegal to work in Rhode Island there is a worker shortage and so yesterday I thought I would use my opportunity to talk to uh, Governor McKee to ask him on behalf of some business owners that are wondering how do you do that how do you properly do that and here's what it sounded like the worker shortage they said they are considering hiring whatever term you want to use illegal undocumented, but because they don't have social security numbers, uh, they seem to be running into a problem. They want to do an official. How would you advise those businesses?
2: Well, I I think that if they are... Um, I'm not sure exactly what. what how, how would you advise them on that. They need workers. You know, they need workers. We don't want to break the law.
1: So... They reached out to me specifically. They said they reached out to the IRS and they said, you, you can't hire them. But, I mean, we've talked about, and I'm not debating the whole element of licenses, but they're here. Now you have businesses that need workers, but they want to do the right thing and add them to the payroll. So how can we advise these businesses? Well, it's undocumented that do pay
2: taxes. They do pay into the, into the system, and so they, they, they have provisions there. I would say that they should be um, you know, they, I would be pursuing a, a strategy where they can legally work there. And what would
1: that entail though? Because again, this is like real time trying to hire people. Uh, they don't have a social security card number to fill out the proper paperwork.
3: John, we can follow too if you'd like. I know there's some other yeah.
1: related... To-
2: yeah, I, I, I would just say it's a difficult issue. I would say that they should be following the following the guidelines, following the law. I'm not an immigration specialist, so I certainly think we can follow up with you on that, John, but but acknowledging that it is a problem, and that's why we'll be signing a, a something tomorrow that we hopefully will help help with that situation. Just, just
1: clarify. I um, I just want to uh, mention, folks, now, I know they were mentioning. Uh, now, first of all, I also want to say I find Governor McKee very candid. Uh, people may not like his answer, but he's answering. He seems very candid. Is a very uh, different, uh, far different individual in style than Governor Armando. But what a couple things. Number one, well, they're actually not paying into the system. This business, they pay taxes. What they mean is if you go somewhere and you could charge for a sales tax or a restaurant, whatever the tax may be, goods, beverages, anything like that, they're paying that tax, but they're not paying city taxes, federal taxes, right? They're not. They're not that I also then um as a result of yesterday came across that when Governor McKee said he was in favor of giving them a driver's license, um and the reason this came up, and I want to be very clear about this, and that is there were there were a couple businesses that said they're they're so desperate to hire workers. They even said to me, I'm willing to hire an illegal three guys from Guatemala came in. I know they're not here legally. One of them's been here fifteen years. He said, But as we're trying to go through the paperwork They, you know, you have to fill everything out. They don't have Social Security numbers. So he was asked, "Can you ask him. They want to hire these three guys, but they want to do it the right way. They don't want to just pay them off the books. They don't want to pay them under the table. Folks, there are people that want to do things the right way, even though they're dealing with people that obviously didn't do things the right way. But I want you to listen to this. I went back. This was May 4th. Governor McKee talking about the licenses. And listen where he catches himself and stops short because he's about to say they – pay into social security which obviously they don't it's impossible Why do
4: you
2: support it? well i think that again they're, they're they're clearly part of the economy they pay taxes they pay social security, you know they pay into our state taxes they're they're part of our economy so i look at their
1: that's uh interesting he caught himself he started to say they pay into social security actually they don't uh but then he didn't say that let me hear that one more time
2: Well, I think that, again, they're, they're clearly part of the economy. They pay taxes. They pay social security. You know, they pay into our state taxes. They're, they're part of our economy.
1: You know, the uh, talking point line there is they're part of the economy. This is when he was asked about why do you support and do you uh, driver's license for people in Rhode Island illegally?
3: Issued the driver's licenses to them by executive order. She refused. Will you consider that, and will you sign the bill giving them the driver's licenses?
2: It on so we're on, a, we're on the record saying that we do support driving licenses uh, uh, for the undocumented. Uh, I see it as an economic issue as much as anything else. Uh, no, I won't do an executive order. I, I'm not. On, I'm on the record saying that. I think it needs to go through the legislative process, uh, and um, very aware of the multiple states that have them in place. So, again, it all depends what it looks like, but uh, in concept, I support it through the legislative process.
1: Why do you support it, Governor? Well, I think
2: that, again, they're, they, they're clearly part of the economy. They pay taxes. They pay social security. You know,
1: pay... So anyhow, there it is, folks. Uh, there is the answer. Again, yeah, not a gutcha question. If you're a business, it's not easy. I understand an announcement will be coming about what to do about the worker shortage it's a real shortage uh without question but this is i think these are fair questions uh these are not meant as gotcha questions we're really hearing different people and their views um coming out and this also folks by the way echoes when i asked the lieutenant governor she said all rhode islanders were counted in the census and then she said that they are not only uh, rhode islanders but they are rhode island citizens Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business, let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801.
4: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's spring, and time to call J.K.L.
1: Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon, it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with J.K.L., estimates are free Financing is available, both residential and commercial. In the wintertime, J.K.L., they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call J.K.L., 401-351-7600. For 54 years, J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L., they do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navien certified factory dealer. called J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. For, light, for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401-351-7600, 401 401- Three five one seventy six hundred. It's J Cal Engineering. Folks, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show weekdays on ninety nine point nine FM and also AM thirteen eighty. Joining us right now, he's a former U.S. Army Reserve Lieutenant Colonel who also, author, by the way, Operation Dark Heart and the Last Line, and uh, we've spoken to him before, folks, he is so knowledgeable. I want to welcome back to the John DePietro Show, it's Tony Shaver. Good after, uh, good morning, Tony, excuse me, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Good to be joining you again, good to be on. Tony, uh, I've been following you on social media, and um, I really am anxious to hear your thoughts, this latest now, with uh, what's going on in the Middle East.
0: in effect as far as I can tell you uh, had under President Trump a deliberate move uh, towards peace Uh, Mike Pompeo was working to establish understanding and and goodwill between the Arab nations and Israel Uh, it's called the the, uh, the Abraham Accords it was going very well the moment Trump steps away Mike leaves chaos returns and some of that chaos has been fed by the $235 million that uh, was not given to the Palestinian Authority by the Trump administration because, gee, surprise, surprise, we, we figured that some of that was going to terrorist groups. Next thing you know, that 35, uh, $235 million is given to the Palestinian Authority. You got rockets being shot back in Israel by Hamas. You know, that's kind of cause and effect. And that's what we're faced with now. Uh, is the fact that it appears that the Biden administration is kind of funding both sides at this point. They're almost encouraging this chaos. And uh, we see uh, 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 this kind of milquetoast response from Blinken and and the president. And that's where we're at. Uh, We basically have, and now they're calling for, you know, a a ceasefire. Uh, John, I don't think we would uh, accept or promote a ceasefire if, if West Virginia attacked Virginia and they kept, Threatening to fire rockets back into Virginia, so, right? Uh, the Israelis have the right of, uh, to defend themselves, and I keep hearing all this. All oh, these, all these children are, are being killed uh, by the, on the on the Palestinian side. Well, don't use schools and hospitals to launch rockets from. It's, it's kind of simple, uh, but that's what we're faced with, and I think that's why it's so important that the israelis uh, move forward and by the way it's first time in history that i know of the israelis said hey we don't want we don't want your help america we're we're, we're going to do this on our own No, no, no. and they're buying uh, some additional weaponry from us but they really don't want us involved
1: tony are you surprised i i'm taken aback at the amount of uh, support that hamas and the palestinians are getting not only in the media but from you know elected officials like aoc and the squad
0: uh, <laughs> well I think it's shot a clear divide within the Democrat Party. With that said, I think the Democrat Party has always been anti-Semitic. Uh, look at the, the, the main mouthpiece of the, of, the, of the Democrat Party, the New York Times. The Times has always had this very subtle but, but observable uh, theme of anti-Semitism all along. And I think it's, you're, you're seeing more and more what they're really like. And I think the Democrats have always been this way. I think the last two Democrat administrations, the Obama administration and now the Biden administration, are kind of letting the veneer come off that they're pro-Israel and pro-democracy. And I think that's what we're seeing here. And I I do believe, unfortunately, that AOC and Presley and and all these folks are much more representative of the current Democrat view rather than Biden kind of being on on the fence. And it's very dangerous. We we, uh, cannot afford to see uh, a, a democracy in the middle east fail and yet that's what these people on the left are trying to do
1: folks again we're speaking with the great tony schaefer and tony i i like how because i do follow you on twitter i like how some of the reporting especially like cbs news they take hamas everything they say at face value it's anti-israel it's gaslighting uh the whole narrative paints uh you know the the uh people of israel like they're the murderers of this whole situation
0: right. Yeah, I know. And that's where I, you know, I encourage people to follow me. Because when I find a completely blatant and easily observable example, I'm going to put it out there. Uh, this was recently, uh, I tweeted on this recently regarding some of the reporting from uh, a number of major news outlets. where the CBS, for goodness sake, was out there essentially uh, basically promoting Hamas. And his talking points—they uh, they could have been Hamas reporters. As a matter of fact, I wish they would have been worrying. you know, like i work for Hamas. Yes, on their on their chest because it was that blatant. And nor did they once actually talk about the fact that Hamas fired the rockets first, that they've created this situation, and that, you know, uh, anytime you fire rockets into civilian populations, you're, of course, going to have a very severe response from the Israelis. And none of that was mentioned at all during this one report that I posted.
1: Tony, what did President Trump do? Why was it successful that over the past couple of years during the Trump presidency that there there was, in fact, uh, you know, times of peace?
0: Two, two things happened. First, uh, the, uh, he decoupled Middle East peace from the issue regarding the Palestinians. Basically, previous administrations, both uh, parties, had said, well, we've got to resolve uh, the issues with the Israelis and Palestine first. And he said, no, nah, we don't have to do that. Let's go a different direction. Let's actually negotiate with the Israelis with the Saudis, with, uh, the, uh, with other nations, you know, the Egyptians. Let's find a way we can create peace between these countries, and then we'll circle back uh, to the, the Palestinian issue. And that's how you actually had nations signing up uh, to work together. And by the way, on that note, I think we're going to see out of this, unfortunately, the Saudi Arabians are going to be the, the uh, preferred ally in the Middle East with the Israelis over us. Because we were so effective. And, and that's the second point, is that we embraced our allies. We returned trying to work with the allies we've chosen. Look, the Saudis aren't perfect. These nations are not perfect. They, they are, are not uh, uh, nations that I would choose to, to work with. But they're there, uh, and we need to work with them, and they're our allies. And we, they became the preferred group over Iran and the, the Shia. And so that's another thing. You know, the Obama administration was constantly deferring and trying to get in bed with the Iranians. That was stopped, and we returned to our allies, the, 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 uh, the Sunni and, and, and the Saudis and all that. That's why. That's why it worked. That's why it was working. That's why it would work. At this, at this point, though, Biden now is trying to cater to the terrorist groups known as Hamas. And I think the Iranians see this and they're going to uh, embolden Hezbollah, and you're going to see the the Iranians and uh, return to a, a wider range of state-sponsored terror as well as they go forward. Remember, President Trump assassinated, assassinated Soleimani. That stopped the Iranians because it sent a message saying, you mess around, you're going to have consequences. Frankly, the Biden administration is basically telegraphed. There's no consequences to bad behavior, and that's why you're going to see more of this.
1: Folks, again, we're speaking with Tony, Tony Schaefer, New York Times bestselling author, also retired intelligence officer. Tony, I've um, spent some time in Israel. I've spent some time at the tank base in the Golan Heights. Something that they really um, uh, made an impression on me was the fact that they would say, you got to understand the only thing – that people in this part of the world understand a force. If you if you try to be soft, correct. they perceive that as a weakness, you have correct. to show force, and that's the only thing they understand. That's correct. Uh, and the same, by the way, in the Middle East,
0: but this is a theme. Basically, the strong horse in the Middle East is that which uh, people respect and observe. Uh, this is in both uh, the, their culture and their, uh, their art, uh, the strong horse. And one of the things that people uh, respected about President Trump, whether you uh, liked him or not, he was a strong horse. And again, that goes a long way to build respect and deference to uh, the need to actually come to the table and talk about peace. That's why it was so effective. Uh, Look, let's be honest here. Biden is not a strong horse. Uh, This is observable. His own speech, like yesterday, he he messed up with the Navy and the Coast Guard. Uh, He said disrespectful things he says things which anybody else would would essentially cringe at i think he's got the, he's moving towards the path of dementia these are all things that our our enemies observe and they they will they will act on there's no there's no doubt i'm not i'm not even going to say it, they may they will act it's just a matter of time
1: you know finally tony i, I think this is a wake up call for people to see how the progressives now black lives matter saying they're endorsing the palestinians and hamas this is a wake-up call that all these groups start to kind of blend together and they do not have the best interest of freedom or democracy of the united states that is not what they're looking for no, uh- I don't know.
0: I think I'm probably preaching to the quieter, but BLM is a Marxist organization. Uh, The the, the founder admits that she's a Marxist. If you look at their doctrine, what they say about themselves are Marxists, and they're linking themselves into another organization, Hamas, which is focused on terror. Uh, Black Lives Matter has done more damage to the black community in this country than any other single organization uh and when you see things like chicago and baltimore where you have mass shootings think about this john every weekend is a mass shooting of black individuals but uh but they they never ever uh do anything about it blm there's nothing about it so why is that why would they do that so this is what people have to recognize is that terror is terror blm permits terror here
1: the BLM endorses terror there. That's how bad it is. Tony, if people want to uh, learn more about you or read some of your great books, is uh, LondonCenter.org, is that the best place to get a hold of you? Yes, uh, LondonCenter.org. Right now
0: we're doing an 82 Candles uh, promotion uh, for for our founder, Dr. Herb London, who passed a couple years ago. He would have been 82 this year. So we're actually doing, uh, you know, basically people can support us by coming and, and donating to the 82 Candles project.
1: 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find
3: Karen on the web at www.innovast.com
1: Spring is here time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. you can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585 Bethel Certified Softwash. they have a great website it's rhodeislandsoftwashing.com outside your home let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel B E T H E L. Their Facebook page, the before and after are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same day text estimate, 401 617 2585. 401 617 2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's Rhode Island Softwashing.com. Bethel Certified Softwash and Power Wash. You're listening to the John DePetro Show, folks. 99.9 FM, and also AM 1380. Joining us right now to uh, discuss the Biden administration and their policy on energy is, in fact, someone has tremendous experience with it, and we want to welcome to the John DePietro Show, Samantha Davis. Hello, Samantha Dravis. Hi, John. Good morning. It's great to be with you. Yes. Samantha, just so um, our, our listeners are clear, if you would uh, be so kind as to give us a little bit about your background.
3: And energy policy. And during the first two years of the Trump administration, I was the head of regulatory policy at EPA. Um, I've held a number of roles, both um, in the Bush administration, on Capitol Hill, working for a Republican organization. So I really had a front seat to politics and policy over the last um, decade or so. And you know, specifically during my role in the Trump administration, I really had a uh, See, to see firsthand the machinations of this massive bureaucracy and how things get done, but also how the bureaucracy can kind of keep things from getting done and how these agencies really regulate everything that you do in your daily life. You know, environmental, the Environmental Protection Agency promulgates more regulations than all the other federal agencies combined. And the cost of those regulations are in the hundreds of billions. So it was a really fascinating role. And now we're, you know, we're in the Biden administration, where. We're taking a com- completely different approach to policy, so it's interesting to see.
1: Folks, again, we'll speak with Samantha Dravis. Samantha, um, I, uh, could you touch on how it really seems that with your work, and certainly under President Trump, how the country basically we, uh, we became like so self-reliant as far as just something like oil. I uh, know someone in the oil business and said as a result of fracking, they found an oil well i think it was either nebraska or kansas but it was enough oil to for the entire state for like the next 20 years but uh obviously during the campaign with the biden administration one of the first things they mentioned was they wanted to stop fracking so if you could talk about and just touch on what did under the trump administration it sounds like it was things were just made easier for people uh and able to get natural natural ingredients that that we use for oil
3: yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, in this country, because of American innovation and technology like fracking, we had the shale revolution, which during which the um, United States became a net exporter of oil and gas for the first time ever. So we basically surpassed energy independence, which was always the goal. And we, we entered a new era in the Trump era of energy dominance, where we didn't have to import oil from OPEC countries like Saudi Arabia, because we're producing so much of it here at home. We gave the Green Lake pipelines to kind of shore up our energy infrastructure. We opened up federal lands to drilling so that we could cultivate and use those abundant resources. And that benefited Americans. Um, We had, you know, record economic growth and and low gas prices. And now, during the Biden administration, you know, we've got a president who's anti-oil and gas. And on his first day in office, his first official action was to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, And, you know, we're now seeing... The, the effects of that, as well as, you know, pushing $4 trillion in new spending for wind and solar, which are not reliable forms of
1: energy. Samantha, what do you make of the, uh, the, the current mantra of so many people now that it, it, it seems misguided, uh, the whole war against fossil fuels and trying to set up these unrealistic deadlines for where states or the country need to be in, in the next few years?
3: Well, I mean, it's it's dangerous, right? If you want to know what the future of that looks like, just look to places like California and what we saw happen recently in Texas, where they had an unprecedented deep freeze, and because their grid was so reliant on wind and solar, which are intermittent sources of power, um, people actually died and froze to death because they couldn't, you know, supply power back to the grid in california they've got energy costs that are 30 percent higher than the rest of the nation and yet they're still having rolling blackouts because um again the grid is overly reliant on wind and solar so it's the policies don't really make sense i mean in the name of climate change we're trying to say let's move completely away from fossil fuels but it's very misguided as you mentioned again the the natural gas fracking revolution has allowed us to actually reduce our carbon emissions by 18 percent over the last couple of decades and you know this is america we're going to always innovate we've got carbon capture and storage we've got all kinds of technologies that are going to allow us to do this in a cleaner way but it's we're not going to move off of fossil fuels or our everyday lives are just too reliant on them and it's a abundant and
1: most importantly affordable form of energy so people need fossil fuels Folks, it's the John DePetro show. We're speaking with Samantha Travis, who is the senior vice president, cloud public affairs in D.C. Uh, she certainly has experience at the White House and federal agencies and Capitol Hill. And Samantha, I- I'm just curious also that um, just the the situation that happened with the hackers and the pipeline, uh, it it doesn't seem as if the Biden administration fully understood some of the dangers when they, you know, immediately came in and shut down the Keystone. But think how dramatic that was for people. It was a real eye-opener uh, from Texas to New Jersey, where suddenly you had all these these gas lines and the shortage and, and just how quickly and how vulnerable we become on something like that.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. We, we are totally unprepared, and we're, we're very vulnerable to attacks on our critical energy infrastructure. Because we're so focused now on pushing, you know, trillions of dollars of spending on electric and we're not building pipelines, we're canceling pipelines. And the administration's response as people were, you know, standing in line waiting for gas and gas is running out and reaching $7 a gallon where it was available. The response to me seemed completely incoherent. I mean, they contradicted themselves. John Kerry and Jennifer Granholm both said pipeline is the best way to transport fuel. It's the safest way to transport fuel. But we shouldn't build more pipelines because there's better alternatives. Well, what exactly are the alternatives? You just said, you know, pipeline is the best way. So the response seemed incoherent. You're right. I think they fundamentally don't understand what's going on here. Um, And, you know, we're in the midst of canceling American pipelines, but also Biden is saying Russian gas pipelines are okay. So I think, on energy policy,
1: you know they're not they're not doing well. Samantha, what about the the trend now? You know, all, every state seemingly now has a, a climate czar, and they're trying to put in all these different positions. You now up here in the Northeast, everyone was talking about all these windmills, but so many individuals that I know that have to deal with them say they finds them to be a very unreliant and uh, and certainly in no way could be something that could be shifted to you know in a full time. 24/7 basis
3: right well as I mentioned I mean wind and solar they're intermittent sources of power so you know the wind is not always blowing we've got um, storage capacity issues with wind and same with solar the sun's not always shining so there's they're just they're not reliable forms of power that can supply us with the energy that we need you have to have fossil fuels in the mix and the example of what happens when you don't have enough of that is what happened to the folks in Texas so you know again I think there's very real real issues with trying to transition too quickly to that there is a place for renewables and I think that you know I'm not suggesting wind and solar shouldn't be part of the mix but I think an all of the above approach is the way to get there Um, you know since you mentioned that in terms of climate change I think it's really interesting that Democrats and particularly President Biden won't support new um nuclear projects you know nuclear is a zero emissions form of energy and it's highly reliable but you know environmentalists for some reason are against nuclear so it it seems like you know there's something else going on here besides just caring about the environment
1: and samantha what about also in the Biden administration or obviously a high profile person with the green new deal is aoc But they try to say, you know, this should all now be considered part of our infrastructure. People need to almost like rethink new dynamic the way they think of energy, and it should be considered part of our infrastructure. That's really not the traditional infrastructure. It seems to be more just an alternative energy source.
3: That's exactly right. Um, So, you know, Biden um, has a bill on Capitol Hill that he's pushing right now that would uh, represent I think $2 trillion of new uh, federal spending, and he's calling it an infrastructure bill. But really what it is, is the Green New Deal. And even AOC herself has um, has made statements that she said, yeah, you know, it's basically, um, people don't want to call it the Green New Deal, but that's exactly what it is. You're committing the United States to $174 billion um, for new electric vehicle charging stations, hundreds of billions for a Climate Job core. Um, and energy-efficient uh, LED lights, uh, things like that on for public housing. So, you know, very little having to do with repairing our, bro- our roads, bridges, um, airports, or, frankly, our critical energy infrastructure and shoring up cybersecurity protections for them. So you really can't call it an infrastructure bill. I think the, the reasons that why they're calling it that is because people don't want the Green New Deal, so they're trying to sneak it through i call it
1: something else. Folks, she is currently Senior Vice President, Cloud Public Affairs in Washington, D.C. It's Samantha Dravis. Samantha, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401 401- 439 6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the dr- best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com.
4: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Naturals at InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Naturals at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro
1: Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal call brother roland today now offering weekly trash collection services brothers disposal look for them on facebook they have those purple dumpsters and the facebook page stands out purple and yellow brothers disposal again offering weekly trash collection services call for an estimate 401-688-0517 401-688-0517 come on brother call brothers disposal today Put a purple dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're doing some spring cleaning, or maybe you want to clean out that basement, the garage, the attic. Call Brother's Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster in your driveway, 401 And remember, now offering weekly trash collection services, call for an estimate. It's Brother's Disposal, 401 we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's touch on uh, some of the charges against... It was last Thursday night was that incredible uh, gang shootout uh, where you have a number of different individuals that have then been, uh, been charged. It, the, the, I went to the... Um, I covered the press conference at the public safety complex the other day. They're not even ruling out that there could be additional charges here. Maybe some federal charges could get tacked into this. There could be
5: federal charges. Um, right now the the four um individuals who have been charged um mostly it's um felony assault uh discharging a weapon in a in a confined area uh possession of um an unregistered weapon um all all but one of the three has made bail one the bail was $75,000 he posted another one i think it was 25,000 another one was in that range One guy's being held without bail because he's a violator. Um, And in one of the cases, um, there was an allegation, I believe, that um, one of these defendants was using, in this case or in a previous matter, a ghost gun. And we've talked about the ghost guns before. You know, you go out and you buy a partially completed gun from a kit and then you uh, scrounge up or find the remaining parts that you need or you produce them with a 3D printer, Um, it's a big problem. And, you know, in in this gang environment, um, these guys aren't really worried about registering their handguns. They're just out there getting them by whatever means necessary and using them. Um, There could be additional federal charges. Um, One of the... um, defendants i believe has been charged but not arraigned because he's still in i think critical condition in the hospital so it remains to be seen if he's going to recover sufficiently to um, uh, be a defendant and defend his case in court Um, i would fully expect there'll be more
1: charges coming out of this Hmm. tim dodd also uh this was unusual the cranston case this doesn't happen every day a uh, case out of Cranston actually made its way to the Supreme court involving uh, allegations from an individual that I believe had a gun and especially involving the Cranston police.
5: This is a um, very interesting case. It has national implications. Uh, this story has been reprinted literally around the country. Um, it has, um, Implications for gun ownership. The NRA is interested in it. There's many of uh, the ACLU's interested in it. Uh, very briefly, by way of background, this gentleman from Cranston gets into an argument with his wife. Very bad argument. He at one point gets an unloaded um, um handgun and says to the wife, <laughs> Andrew, this shoot me in the head and put me out of my misery, or words to that effect. Um, she leaves and stays in a hotel that night because they were such a um, contentious argument. She thereafter calls the cops saying, you know, my husband, I'm afraid for his safety. He's alone in the house. He's very upset. And there's a gun in the house. The cops show up and they say, why don't we, why don't we take you to the hospital? And, you know, we'll take your gun, but we'll give it back to you. and Everything will be fine. He goes to the hospital. The hospital basically says, What are you doing here? And he's out of there within an hour or so. He goes home and his gun's with the cops. And he says, Okay, I'm home. Can I have my gun back? And they say, No, not without a court order. Huh. Uh, that precipitates um, litigation. Uh, in the federal court, it goes to the First Circuit, and it winds up in the U.S. Supreme Court. The issue is whether the uh, conduct of the Cranston police um, was a Fourth Amendment violation—an unreasonable search and seizure. Um, there are Supreme Court. There is a Supreme Court case which has been followed regularly that if you are pulled over by a cop on the road and there's an inventory search, or if they ask to look in the trunk and you say, okay, um, those searches have been deemed to be okay. But a warrantless search into a house and confiscating a weapon the Supreme Court has now ruled um, is an unreasonable search and seizure. And the Supreme Court really wrestles with this case, John, because there are many exigent circumstances which uh, require but would... um, Behove the cops to go in. For instance, there's let's assume a senior citizen who doesn't show up at their normal you know, whatever they do, and concerned people call the cops and say, you know, so and so is supposed to be a breakfast. We, they, we do this every day. He hasn't been here for the last two days. Sure. Well, no one the phone. Yes. The cops go in on a, yep. on a safety check. Happens
1: all, Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Yep. Well being check. Yep.
5: And the Supreme Court recognized that that's a circumstance where going in is appropriate. But to confiscate somebody's weapon with no probable cause that any crime has been committed, the Supreme Court has ruled that that is unconstitutional. The most remarkable part of this case uh, was that it was a nine to nothing Supreme Court decision. Now, we always hear that this is a split Supreme Court, it's a 5 4 court, it's a 6 3 court, that you can always predict how everyone's going to vote. This was such an egregious um, situation, and it was clear from looking at the case law that all nine of the Supreme Court judges unanimously concluded that this was an unreasonable search, a Fourth Amendment violation. And they reaffirmed, in many ways, if you will, the sanctity of one's home, and that the sanctity of one's home is really entitled to the most um, constitutional protections that historically have been uh, shown for enter- cops entering somebody's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the court was looking to really limit the circumstances under which that can happen without a warrant.
1: Um- folks we're speaking with attorney tim dot tim i want to bounce back just to providence just for a second simply because a lot of attention seemingly not a lot but some attention i should say was was drawn into the gang problem in providence and specifically this community providence community safety act that was passed uh, i think it was four years ago it was 2017 but anyhow uh anyone that that sees that providence operates differently their police force than other police forces where you know, they basically have to ask people permission to keep them in a gang database. Um, I posted, folks, this uh, on my website, tibetro.com. You, If you pull someone over in a car, you, you can't ask the passengers for ID. You can't ask someone's immigration status. You can't ask someone under the age of 18 more than once for an ID. But the gang database, Tim Dodd, that, um boy, that is different. And this is their feeling some of the effects of this where you have these community groups saying it's not fair and people are labeled into their gang. And so they got away with it. But one of the downfalls of a sanctuary city or this progressive city they're trying to run is then when you have gang activity, the police are, are handcuffed somewhat of trying to pull up all the intel that they have.
5: Yes. It, 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 it's in my view is a very unfortunate um city ordinance that you know um, passed largely through a lot of uh, pressure from progressive groups from oh. minority groups etc um and you're right um the um, gang database uh can't really be maintained as it had been in the past this um ordinance has been in effect for about a year um Hugh Clemens, the chief of police in Providence, who does a great job, he's a real quality guy, um, after this incident um, indicated that, you know, right now the police have to rely on intelligence that officers gained through being on the streets and learning who's who and having basically an oral history of who's in a gang and which gang they're in and, you know, what's your association. Um, He also indicated that uh, the department is attempting to come up with something that's not necessarily a a database, but to come up with something that the cops can use that is consistent with this um, ordinance that was passed. It seems like a very unwieldy ordinance. It really hamstrings the cops' ability to gain intelligence and to know who know who they're approaching in a vehicle who's in the car hmm. who are the passengers who's the driver you know and I, is this like a just a normal citizen or is this a gang member right most cops know some cops won't let's assume you're a ricky and you really don't know who's who out there um it just seems like this is showcasing the unintended bad consequences of a bad piece of legislation that might have gone in for very noble reasons. But the end result is maybe the unintended consequence to keep the cops in the dark and not be with the police effectively.
1: Folks, quick break. A lot more attorney Tim Dodd, legal expert right here on The John DePietro Show. This is the perfect time of year. If you're going to have any paving done around your home, really improve the look of it. Well, you want to call J. Perry Paving, letter J, J. Perry Paving today at 732-1730, 732-1730. You can find them online, letter J, jperrypaving.com. They're also on Facebook. J. Perry Paving, residential, commercial, seal coating patios. What a difference it makes how aesthetically pleasing it is folks, invest in your home, invest in your property, your business, J Perry paving provide high quality fear pricing, exceptional service. Hey, they'll offer a free estimate, any project, what a difference it makes. You can have a beautiful home, but if you have a cracked driveway or some different cracks, or just maybe it hasn't been done in a while call J Perry paving today, this is also a great time of year to have that patio done seal coating, residential commercial, j perry paving call them 401-732-1730 they're the best 732-1730 it's incredible asphalt paving whether it's a brand new project or maybe it's just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed it's affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing looks beautiful hey and the snow melts right off it j perry paving call them for a free quote Maybe just thinking about it, this is the perfect time. Have that driveway done, patio done, J. Perry Paving. Call them 732 1730 401 732 1730. J. Perry Paving. Look for them online at J, letter J, jperrypaving.com, and also on Facebook. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today. 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, Your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today. 401 401- 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MIGA Logistics 401 431 2300. You're listening to the John DePetro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have a... 272 3340 And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340.